Welcome to the first episode of the B2B Marketing Insider Podcast from Web Profits. This podcast will be entirely focused on B2B marketing and will give you insights, ideas, and different strategies and tactics for starting more conversations with mid to large size companies, for growing demand with your services with the right buyers, and improving the quality of your leads for your sales team. We're going to try to keep this discussion short, punchy, and aim to give you a ton of takeaways to help you drive extraordinary performance for your B2B campaigns. We'll be having discussions with industry experts, with B2B marketers and B2B specialists who do this kind of work every single day. And today we have the head of strategy at Web Profits, uh, Ben Fitzpatrick on the show. He will be our co-host um, and he's been instrumental in the development of the Web Profits uh, digital growth framework and he's led some of our largest uh, B2B campaigns for companies like Logitech. And what I'm excited about with this discussion is that we just love to geek out on this stuff. And we're going to try to bring the very best insights that we have to these conversations. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about the changing landscape in B2B and why it's so hard for B2B marketers to really get cut through in today's landscape. Just quickly, before we get started, make sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Now let's get into it. All right. Hey, Ben. Are excited? Are you excited? Very. I'm excited um, because we get to really talk about marketing stuff and get really technical and tactical and strategic like on things that we just love talking about, the stuff that we do every day. That's right. Yeah. Let's get into it. Um, let's start high level, Ben. You know, so what are you seeing on the front lines with the approach to B2B marketing in 2021? Yeah. I mean, it's such an exciting time to be in B2B marketing because it's just... I feel like it's been so massively disrupted over the last two years in a lot of different ways. So there isn't just one right way to look at B2B marketing right now. Um, and I think everybody's trying to kind of paint a picture of this is the right way to do it. And in the process, um, you know, kind of realizing that there's just a lot going on. And so that's really why we felt like this was a great time to have uh, a conversation um, around B2B because that conversation can go on and on and on. And I think for me, um, what I get really excited about is that there's a lot of innovation happening right now, especially in the B2B SaaS marketing space, so an area that Web Profits has a lot of experience in. But that innovation hasn't really been transitioned over to the broader B2B market. So there's actually a ton of opportunity for businesses that can get ahead you know, with what's going on. At the same time, there's just, and I, I'm seeing this, I feel like every week, there's businesses that are just realizing that the marketing that they've been doing for the last four or five years isn't really working anymore. Um, and the, the main driver of that, I think, is that there's been a kind of long-term trend towards trying to take, uh, to, towards volume um, in B2B, which is, has now led marketers to a place where they're just not getting the right leads. Um, they're not, then they're not having the right conversations with businesses. Um, so yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, on that point, right. And I think other, anyone who's listening may have seen their sales quality lead decline or the sales lead quality decline. Um, they can't get campaigns to work as good as they used to. Um, and you know, the competition is fierce, right? So let's just start with competition, right? Um, the competition is 
fiercer than ever, especially within the digital space. You know, the number of people that are buying at the top end is far less than the number of companies trying to sell them. So I think the first big change is how much more competition is um, within um, the world, especially with everything transitioning to the remote first environment um, where everything has to happen through digital. You know, the face-to-face, the days of face-to-face, they've they've certainly changed at the very least. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's just it, right? Like face-to-face was, you know, B2B has been sales-led for years and event-led and in-person meetings, like all these things that just got disrupted um, in the last two years. And it's not to say that we there won't be a version of that in the future. Certainly there, there will be, but when you look at the last couple of years, a lot of that budget and a lot of that focus has then gone online. Um, and so, you know, there is like, that has led to a lot of the competition. It's also led to a lot of the just, you know, not very good marketing um, because this is really hard stuff. And I've seen a lot of businesses just try to turn it on um, in a way that is, you know, isn't really going to work, but also, you know, drives up everybody else's CPMs, just creates a lot of noise out there, makes buyers less likely to really want to engage with anything they're seeing. Um, and that's, these are just all the dynamics happening at the same time, um, which you know means if you are you know in the B2B space, like you need to be really smart about yeah. um, how you're approaching it. Yeah, and I think um, you know from a sales perspective, there's outbound and there's outreach, right? That's pretty much as what sales teams have these days to really start a conversation, but everyone is doing that. So now if everyone is doing that, and I'm sure that this is something that everyone can appreciate, the number of outreach emails that these the larger opportunities are receiving and cold calls and all that yeah. is astronomical, right? And so, you know, within that space, you know, it's really important to be able to stand out. And I think, you know, a big part of this podcast is really going to be helping um, to talk through kind of the things that we're seeing of actually how you stand out, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's the first one, right? Is that the competition is fierce um, and you need to be able to stand out from all the competition. They're all doing the same stuff, right? Yep. And the second part is the sales cycles are getting longer and the buyers are taking a lot longer to make decisions. You know, there's a lot more companies in the pitch. The buyers are a lot more sophisticated in terms of kind of understanding things they should be asking. Um, there's yeah. a lot more stakeholders in each of the decisions. So yeah. this becomes it's a really big just challenge. a lot more uncertainty, right? Like it's pretty hard to make a decision that's going to impact the next three years of your business right now, because, you know, having an idea of what that's going to look like feels yeah, pretty hard. Um, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, really, um, you know, a lot of that is sales um, focus, like how you can you know drive sales within that environment, but it, it feeds right back into the, um, into the marketing side as well, because, you know, we as marketers really need to be able to build confidence um, through the, the work that we do in a way that probably in the past could have been done much more through the sales um, process. But if we can't even get them there because they're already like, well, I don't know what it's going to be like in three years. So I'm not going to try to make that decision right now. Um, you know, then there, there really isn't a pathway forward. So Mm. Um, I definitely, yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more that the process of B2B uh, decision-making feels like it has changed um, similar to, to everything else. And I think on that point, you know, is when you think of B2B marketing, you know, a lot of uh, companies just think of the first part of starting the conversation, but there's this other part, 
you know, because the sales cycles are so long and because there's so many um, competitors in there that are really, really good competitors as well, marketing has to sustain through that yes. sales cycle, right? And right. I'm sure there's a lot of examples that we can speak to um, in future episodes about kind of how we've helped some of our clients actually yeah. close a deal that's been, that the conversation's been started and they're very expensive deals. And so the stakes are high, sales cycles are long. And so marketing kind of can be and should be used to really help to close those deals as well. Depending it goes on the to one of the, I mean, the value. One of the really hard things to distinguish in this space is what is sales and what is marketing. Um, and I do think it is important to be able to say for your organization, this is what, this is sales and this is marketing, but then to also understand when they need to be working together. Um, and that is, you know, the, the biggest example of that that we see is really in this enterprise, you know, often outbound or kind of RFP um, situation where you're going to be engaging with a business for, you know, six months and to not have marketing overlaid on top of that is just a huge mess. Um, and it's also, you know, it requires coordination, but in some ways compared to a lot of the other, you know, really hard elements of B2B marketing, this is, this is the, this is the more straightforward stuff. This is the stuff that you can really identify. Okay. We're going after this lead. It's going to take this, you know, it's going to be at least this amount of time. What can we do to support it? Um, and that's, we've had some great, you know, um, wins, uh, with our clients, um, in, in exactly that approach. Um, so I think that's one that, you know, if businesses right now aren't doing that, like that's a big flag that they should be, uh, they should be looking at how they can coordinate between their teams. Yeah. So just, um, just to clarify that point, it's kind of, you know, to understand that, you know, historically, uh, sales and marketing were separate silos, right? The sales team would say, Hey, the leads are not good enough. Um, yeah. we need more leads. And then the marketing team's like, how come you're not calling all of the lead magnet downloads? And it's just been like this kind of conversations where they're not on the same team. And I think pulling apart those silos, yeah. there's distrust, but I do think it's because it's been seen as a separate team. And I do think the coming together of sales and marketing, especially for these larger B2B campaigns yeah. is critical um, yeah. and is probably one of the, the biggest changes I've seen in how companies are approaching yeah. these kind of campaigns. And this is, again, one of those innovations that you see coming out of the SaaS uh, marketing or the SaaS model where they're, you know, they're developing these revenue teams, which are a combination sales, marketing, and even product uh, focused team, all with a shared goal. Um, and I think oh, there's, there's some really interesting things that, you know, uh, the broader B2B space can do with, uh, with that type of model. Yeah, fantastic. Um, the death of the cookie, right? You know, I think because the cycles or because the time it takes to even start a conversation is so long and then after the fact to close the deal, but even just to start a conversation, you know, historically, we didn't have to know the buyers that well. We would just leverage the cookie system to retarget, you know, um, people that came to certain pages of the website and we would create specific audiences. But now the cookie's dying. Um, and so now you've got this big part that, was really, really helpful for kind of engaging with prospects, engaging um, with, with particular audiences. Um, that's now just not going to be there anymore. So it's going to be harder to re-engage potential yeah. buyers. I, would, I think it's great for B2B marketing. I think that like, and I in some ways think this for the consumer side as well, that, you know, the power of the algorithms that we work with in marketing has really made a lot of marketers quite lazy um, in their approach. 
Um, and like, even before, you know, all the changes, uh, the, the privacy led changes and, and the iOS led changes, we were already seeing that that was not, you know, an approach that was going to work in the B2B space. And this is just another element that's kind of forcing marketers' hands to go out, understand their, you know, their customers, their buyers, um, and really build uh, marketing campaigns and content and messaging that is highly targeted at that group and, and personalized to that group. It's also, you know, forcing businesses to think about the data that they need to collect and build uh, an approach around that. And I think that's, um, that's going to be really interesting because what, we, what you want to do is to be able to bring people into your marketing and get the marketing to be increasingly personalized the further, the further along the business is kind of going with you, especially, and then they get into sales and it's completely personalized, right? In order to do that, you need to collect data and that data now needs to be given to you. Um, and so that means every time you need something from an audience, you're going to have to provide value to them. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's harder, um, but also, uh, you know, everything that, is, that you need to do within that type of marketing has to be really high quality, has to be really well thought out. And if it's not, it just won't work. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's going to, that's going to separate a lot of uh, businesses and marketers. Yeah, so B2B marketers have to get like a lot more sophisticated in terms of their marketing um, and really focus on kind of like building their brand and leveraging the first party data sources, yeah? And, you know, we want to get that first party data, right? But, you know, the decision makers at the companies that we're targeting, this is not like well, their first experience in this game, right? It's so not, their not their first gonna, ebook, right? It's not their first ebook. So, so just even to capture that data is becoming even harder as well, right? So that's wow. why that, like the combination of the brand side of things and like the first party data side of things, the balance of that, um, that will be like an ongoing challenge, right? And I think you've hit on kind of a feedback loop, which is driving worse marketing, which is it's getting harder to collect that data. So when marketers get, you know, a CIO's email address and phone number, they just tell sales that's a lead, right? Whereas that person, all they wanted was to, to read a piece of content, learn something. They, they're probably not even in market for the product or service at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and that right there is just what you see happening constantly within the B2B space. And it frustrates, you know, frustrates the sales team. It frustrates the prospect because they don't want to be called yet. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, six months down the road, they might be a great lead. Um, but, you know, because it's so hard even to get uh, sometimes that, uh, you know, that data, um, everybody's kind of like, well, let's, let's, you know, let's call it a lead and say marketing has succeeded. Um, but marketing <laughs> succeeds when businesses grow, right? So it's like, uh, you know, that's not the, that's not the only data point that, that you need to be looking at. Exactly. And that then just now leads to this concept of the dark funnel, right? Which is a concept that's been around for a few years and it's yeah. more relevant than ever now. And essentially the dark funnel concept, it, it basically recognizes that there's a lot of engagement, uh, discussions and sharing of content through channels that you can't track. Like people who share stuff through the platforms like WhatsApp and Telegram or through a company channels like Slack and Teams, right? Now, oh, yeah. uh, for us, 
Uh, we have a company Slack channel. The amount of content, the brand building that happens for potential partners and suppliers is right. huge. Those partners will have no idea how many people within our Slack channel are looking at that same piece of content, the conversations that are happening, and just kind of how the status the status of the company that provided that content has increased to the point that we might buy. And this is the landscape. This is the challenge. This is the thing that tracking cannot do, which is why tracking is so, it's so faulty these days in terms of kind of how you should assess the success of a campaign. Yeah. It's funny. I think, I think we've, we've spent a lot of time thinking about this, you know, the dark funnel leads into, you know, the whole demand gen movement, um, I'm kind of coming around to the idea that this is an example of marketers being pretty good at internal marketing. And really what we're talking about is brand. And what we're talking about is growing your brand as a business, but there's so much uh, hesitancy within marketing, uh, especially performance and digital marketing to go all in on investing in brand. Um, so we've actually created a whole new language around it in the B2B space when what we're primarily focused on is the biggest factor in whether you, maybe not whether you close the deal, but whether you're included in the three, four, five businesses you know, that are being considered, the biggest factor will be brand. Exactly. Um, and then that leads um, to the standard of content. Now it's increasing, right? And you know, content has been around for decades, but the level of content that is needed to really stand out yeah. is increasing at an exponential rate. You know, according to Statista, uh, 46% of B2B companies plan on increasing their content marketing spend in the next 12 months. But it's not about increasing spend only. It's about establishing the brand as a thought leader so that you're seen as the authority, as the most viable option at the time that the buyers are ready to buy, right? Yeah. And so that is basically just leading into um, like videos and podcasts and like a lot of, the non like text-based content right now, it's still good to have text-based content, but it's not just text-based content. And there's a lot of other yeah. ways to establish that quickly through the different channels. I mean, I think that's, you know, there's a number of different things going on at the same time. Like the first is just the quality side, right? Like, so I tell all of my clients, you know, we could produce good content for you and good content is useless. We need to find a way to produce amazing content because there is a ton of good content out there in pretty much every industry that I've worked in. Like at this point, you know, content marketing has been at the center of digital for six, seven, eight, nine years, right? Like if, if this is an industry that's been around for that amount of time, the content's been written, right? The, the good content. So businesses need to find a way to, to do better. Um, and there, there's a different, there's different, tactics that you can use. One of the things is, you know, video discussion content, just like we're doing right now, it enables you to bring in experts and not have them need to sit down and write. And writing is like, writing's hard, you know, it's a skill and most people aren't necessarily, you know, able to sit down and write a 1500, you know, word, uh, you know, treatise on, on something even that they're very comfortable with. Whereas having a conversation is much more straightforward. Um, and so I think businesses are now starting to realize a lot of their content needs to come from their experts within the organization. How do we make that happen? There's a, there's a lot of answers to that question, but um, it does mean that there's just better and better quality getting out in the market. Um, 
consistently. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, a couple more points, um, and they're kind of overlapping. Um, yeah. First one is that, you know, LinkedIn um, has become the place to be for B2B marketers, right? It's so crazy. Probably- I can just remember when it was <laughs> like, you know, it was still marketers were kind of like, yeah, we're, we're figuring LinkedIn out. It seems expensive, right? And it's just like, that is not the conversation at all anymore. Yeah, well, because like, it's really the evolution of the LinkedIn ads platform itself, um, which gives unprecedented, and I hate that word now after 2020, right? They've, they've just ruined that word, 2020. It's ruined <laughs> the word unprecedented. But anyway, um, it provides unprecedented access to B2B buyers through both organic and page strategies, but essentially through page strategies. But it's not the same as other platforms. So there's a big learning lesson there, right? Um, in terms of how to actually use it. And I'd like to just combine that with the other point, which is like quite a lot of the marketing is staying in platform, right? So before we'd want to take people out of the platform to get their data or to put on a pixel or a cookie so that we could retarget them, right? But now it's it's staying in platform for a lot longer. You know, the, the first part of the funnel from kind of like awareness, to engagement, even to consideration, stays within the platform. And I think that's a massive shift um, that a lot of companies haven't considered yet fully. And I think it really goes back to where we started, which is the competitiveness. And the competitiveness means that we need to be thinking about the the buyer experience, right? The, the experience of the people we're targeting. If they're on LinkedIn, that's what they want to do. They want to browse LinkedIn. They want to watch video or read content, but in platform, that would be their preference um, for the most part, which means that if we're trying to get them out of that channel, we're disrupting that, right? Like sometimes we will definitely do that, and they'll, but it, it should be driven by a need within our marketing as opposed to this is how we're going to build a retargeting audience or something like that. Because in the end, you know, that retargeting audience is not going to be the game changer um, in the in the strategy. Like the game changer in the strategy is going to be that we delivered a great content experience to that buyer. Exactly, right? And so look, this has just been a super high level conversation <laughs> just to kind of like introduce the challenges that B2B marketers are facing, right? And there's a lot, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. And what we're going to be doing over the next years, we'll say, because this is going to be a long-term thing for us, um, is to really start to go basically into each of these areas and to really, you know, provide insight and tactics and uh, solid takeaways for kind of helping the B2B marketers just improve performance. So Ben, like, is there any final thoughts before um, we finish the first episode? Uh, I mean, I'm just so excited about this. Like, I feel like we could talk for (laughs) on each of these topics for quite some time and we will. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I definitely hope that people also send in questions and kind of let us know what's on their mind so that we can really focus in on, you know, what, um, issues going on, you know, with, uh, with our audience as well. Yeah. Fantastic. And so that's it for today. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, please do us a favor and share it with someone um, who you think that will get some value out of it. And if you really loved it, please give us a five-star review on Apple podcasts. And if you do have any questions or feedback or anything, would you like us to cover, please send us an email to b2b at webprofits.io. That is a b2b at webprofits.io. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks.